0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of bomba breakdown it is the first day of the first month of uh, 2024 welcome to 2024 malcolm welcome to 2024 all you twins fans out there um, it's been, you know, admittedly, it's been a while since uh, Bamba Breakdown has has dropped an episode, and I think we say that just about every ep- episode, but, um, you know, here we had a little bit better of a reason, you know, we were both off at college for a little while, so now we're back and we're excited to make two, three, four um, episodes, whatever ends up happening this break, but um, it's just good to be talking baseball again, and a lot has happened since we've last talked about them.
1: Yeah. Our last update was back in August when the Twins were starting to pull away with the division, but nothing was locked up yet. And after that point, we saw them separate themselves from the rest of the division by a wide margin, clinch early in September, and then ride that energy and their youth movement and some great pitching to their first playoff win in almost 20 years in the first of our lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, it's – that. I
0: don't even – I gotta watch that like full game again just to relive that experience. It was so amazing. I, I actually went to a playoff game. That was the let's see that's the divisional round against the Astros. That was the one that we got blown out in, but um, which we'll tell you guys about in just a little bit. So,
1: yeah, um, I've been meaning to go back and rewatch too. It's that I watch, watching that first playoff game when it, Pablo Lopez pitched a gem. Royce Lewis hit two home runs. Um, I just remember like spending the whole time just like kind of losing my mind because I didn't like understand it. We were ahead, and I kept feeling like that was wrong and was constantly in belief that we were going to lose the lead and it was all going to fall apart. Um, and so it was kind of just like peeking through my fingers and like trying not to watch. And I think watching your second time would be much more joyful. But the end of the game was certainly a relief and a lot of joy for – me and all Twins fans.
0: Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, yeah, that, gosh, just that first game, it was the days in the wild card round. We had made it to the wild card round, but then we were like, yeah, I mean, what can you expect? If we win a game, we win a game. That's good. And um, we did a little bit more than that. I mean, Royce Lewis was, I mean, everything in that game. And the little homer and uh, Pablo Lopez, like you said, started that game for us. I remember when people were people were heavily trash talking the uh, Pablo Lopez Luis Ariz trade. Me and Malcolm were like on the verge of, no, nah, okay, not on the verge of tears. That's a bit extreme. But we were. I was. Yeah. No, I, I was on the verge enough, of tears. Fair enough. Um, but either way, um, we were both really bummed out at losing Luis Ariz. We love Luis Ariz. That's bad I'd love to have him on the pod. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, but then we gained Pablo Lopez, who just got, what was it? Did he get like second in the signing voting or third? Pablo know. got
1: like fourth, I think. Sonny Gray. Oh, that's right. that's right.
0: That's right. Sonny Gray got second. And then it was like Gosman and then, and then Lopez, but yeah, Lopez, um, would, and now, you know, we just lost Sunny Gray, but we have Lopez locked up for the future. And also something interesting, I think is people have also been criticizing, or they were criticizing the extension that we gave Lopez for a little bit. And I just – I didn't understand that then, and I really don't understand that now because um, we're seeing guys like Lucas Giolito and uh, who else just like, – Chris Sale, I think, just signed. Um, but, like, Lucas Giolito just signed for, like, $10, $15 a year, and I'm like, dude, Pablo Lopez is barely making that. Um, I don't think he even is um, for the next, you know, however many years. And we've got him, like, in his prime, and he's he already was, like, a top five or six Cy Young voting.
1: So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. yeah. And, but anyways, Julio's yeah. sorry. Julio's deal is for more per year than so than Pablo Lopez is. Yeah, yeah, and Pablo Lopez is a far, far better pitcher at a better point in his career. Mainly, really, the Lopez deal is for a longer period of time, so you could argue like there's some downside baked in the end of that. But realistically, the Pablo Lopez deal looks amazing when it's contrasted with this Julio deal. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> And, and it's not that I hate
0: the Giolito deal because I think he's good and I think he can be good. He just is to like a couple of tough – I kind of hate it.
1: Do you? Yeah, I mean – I do. I, like, I don't I think, think – I mean, what you saw from Lucas Giolito last year looked like a washed-up pitcher who did not have his top stuff anymore. He's at best of five and paying $19 million a year for, like, a four or five starter is not good team-building.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I don't really get what the Red Sox... I've never, I haven't gotten what the Red Sox have been doing the past few years, but now I'm like, it's just kind of weird. I don't know. Like, they lost Chris Sale, which makes sense. I mean, I'm not saying they could control that, but, like, then they just got Lucas Giolito. Like, that's not helping the top end of the rotation, really. Like, they're just a... Like, it kind of gives them depth and stuff, and Luke, Lucas lito was good. I don't think he's going to return to the player that he once was, you know?
1: No, that's, and that's my issue, I think, is I don't think it's the upside of being who he used to be anymore. And really, when you're signing a starting pitcher, you need to believe his upside to take that risk. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, it's kind of weird though because he's he's also
0: he's still like twenty nine or thirty, right? I mean, he's not that old. Like he's he's got. I think I could see him putting up like a like a four right around a four ERA. I could see that. Um, but like I mean, you could also I could also see what happened. You know the last year. You know, he started with the White Sox and he was pitching pretty well, and then he got traded to the Angels and the Guardians, and he just blew with both both of those teams. He was absolutely terrible. Um, But again, you know, he was like top 10 in the signing voting a few times when he was like 24 and 25, but it's been a few years since he's had, you know, anywhere near as good of a
1: season as that. Yep. Um, Just for reference, um, last year, Lucas Giolino had a 4.88 ERA. Yeah. Which as you we know is not that good, especially considering it was an eight and fifteen record. Pablo Lopez on the other hand, three point six six ERA was eleven and eight record. Obviously wins and losses unless what so you gain from them, but eight and fifteen is really bad, no matter what you think about wins and losses. Yeah. I mean he... Especially Pablo Lopez is two years younger than Giolito
0: as well. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's there's just nothing I mean Pablo Lopez doubled Giolito's war you know, this past season. It's not anything where it was like, I don't know. He also started like less games, I think. I mean, not by that much. Like, Pablo Lopez had a good full season. You know, he pitched like 100. Yeah. He, I'm like, I, he, I don't think he quite got to 200 innings, did he? But he got like close. Um, he was very close, yeah. my memory
1: serves. me right.
0: Anyways. Oh, um, 194, yeah. So yeah. one start. Away. Yeah,
1: 194. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. One start away. And plus, you know, postseason. Because they don't count postseason stats, so that would have gotten yeah. there. Anyways. And then, I mean, in the postseason he was just great, which is like I mean that's kind of that's like what you need. So, um, I don't know, man. Oh, because he had the let's see, he had the he had the first start against the Blue Jays, um, and then he also started against the Astros um, in Houston. Was that that was that one? And he pitched like, like yeah seven shutout innings, brilliant or like that. Like, gosh, that was that that was one of the most that was one of the best pitched. Well. The best-pitched game. That's definitely the best-pitched Twins game of, like, my lifetime, for sure. Like, given the, the stakes. And I stuff, mean, you know, I feel
1: sure. like you put some Johan games up there, but they didn't win those. So, yeah, I'd say, honestly, it probably is mm-hmm. the best of our lifetimes, which is for sure, yeah, no, Johann, crazy to say. Sure,
0: Johan, for sure, I could I could argue as being up there. And there, there were even some, like, I don't, don't want to say, like, Irvin Santana, but he had some really, really, really good games. Um, but, I mean, just the fact that you were in Houston – Um, fighting to stay alive, and you pitch seven shutout innings against one of the best offenses in the league is just, like, absurd to me. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Gosh, that was was just a great game.
1: Uh, That was awesome. I mean, in that moment, I thought we were going to win the series when he had that outing. I mean, he went out there, seven innings, six hits, one walk, seven strikeouts, just domination. Durant closed it down. We got a win, and it was like, the Twins could beat the Astros, yeah. and it ended up not coming true, but, like, there was hope for a little while that we were going to win the series, which is, I mean, winning a playoff game was, in doubt, just a week before, so that shows how much trust Pablo Lopez gained from Twins fans. Yeah. No,
0: I, I think, and that's the thing, is he, people were, there was definitely there, the, the fair share of Twins, fans, I think there still is, who were lukewarm about Lopez and Point out, hey, he had like a three point six six ERA. That's not that good. You can't be panicking out that much. He's not going to win a sign or anything. But he was like, I mean, he had the most. I think he had the most strikeouts in the league, right, or in the American League. Might have been Gosman, but he had like
1: that sounds. Like, right. Lopez
0: had like Lopez had yeah. Lopez had two hundred thirty four strikeouts at one hundred ninety four That's absolutely absurd. Um, and I don't know. He just limited damage really well, and he was just good. like he started out really good. He kind of plateaued a little bit, he kind of evened out, came down to earth, and then he just finished the season really strong. Like, if he puts that same um, even with like a slight bit of regression, but a very similar season up next year, like, you gotta be happy about that. Um, It's just been
1: such a good And To give you context, he was second to Gosman's strikeouts, but only by three strikeouts. It was within an innings margin, so very close to the leader, and if he said he could, I mean, even with some drop-off, he'd still be a valuable ace, but like, from my perspective there's times this year where he struggled whether it was due to injury or adjusting to a new place like he didn't seem to be his best all year long so for me like he had some times where he wasn't pitching his best year so and still put that together so regression to me is an unlikely situation just because he can afford to have a month or two off and still put up some similar season this past year so i have mm-hmm. hopes that he could even be better this year on the sum of the season than he was his previous year if not if his playoff performance isn't even quite as good. Yeah, and I mean, Lopez, like, I'm not saying you can attribute too much of it to the
0: cold, but, like, he was born in Venezuela, right? Yeah, Venezuela. He yeah. pitched for the Marlins. Did he pitch for, like, another? No, because he, he was with Miami, like, his whole career. So he pitched for the Marlins, like, down in Miami. And it's indoor, but it's also, like, hot there. So he's just so used to the the heat. And then he just comes up and pitches, like, up in this freezing cold weather. Um like it was just freezing cold at the beginning of the season last year, and then it starts to get a little bit cooler at the end of the year. So maybe I'm not saying that had a big factor, but maybe he can, um, maybe he settles in a little bit easier with the cold. I just feel like there's no way that can help. You know, it was it was cold. Like when I went to the game um, against the Astros, it was it was pretty cold, and it was cold. I know during that wild card game too. Um, you know, that's October baseball. October in Minnesota is like 30 degrees. So,
1: yeah. Just look at Pablo opens season. He, made, he he had bad starts throughout the year, and that was the thing like that was what separated Pablo Lopez from Sonny Gray for me. Is Pablo at his best this past year was better? He was more dominating. He had like he had ability to carry you to win, and with Sonny Gray, didn't really, like Sonny Gray didn't go as deep necessarily was, it was like overwhelming. But when he was, but Pablo also had more games than, really well, like six or seven runs. He had a seven run start, a six, two sixes, two fives. Like he had games that. He really lost you the game too. And for him, it's just like if he can have any sort of consistency to eliminate those, his ceiling is so high. Cause those stretches like his stretch in like early August where he had four starts with a total of twenty-five innings pitch without a single earned run. Yeah. I
0: mean, and he, yeah, he
1: had like some of the best stretches um, out
0: of any player in the league throughout, you know, throughout the year, but there were also a couple times where he did struggle. The thing uh, I think that separated him from Sonny Gray. And I think this is a very good tool for people to do when saying, like, which pitcher is more valuable to us? Which pitcher would do I like more? Which pitcher would you rather have starting game one of the World Series, game seven of the World Series, game one, whatever it ends up being? Game one of the playoffs is what it ended up being for us. Um, that do or die situation. I think he missed a day of rest so that he could start against Houston when he pitched the seven innings. Um, so... That, um, and I think it was without a doubt in either of our minds, Malcolm, that Pablo Lopez was the guy for the job. I don't think if you put yeah. Sonny Gray in that against um maybe the Blue Jays, I don't know. I can't say for sure that their, their lineup isn't as strong. But um if you put him up against the Astros, I can say, like, there's just no way Sonny Gray is going seven shutout. Sonny Gray... Yeah. I don't I don't know the exact stats, but Sonny Gray didn't go more than five innings very often. He went – sometimes he'd go six, but, like, he'd get two outs into the sixth, and he'd give up, like, a home run and then a double and then a single and another double. And it's like, well, Matt, it didn't ruin his start, but it's like – I mean, you just – you can never get any any real, real
1: distance out of him, whereas Pablo Lopez, again, 7 shut shot-up innings. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, Sonny Gray. And I mean, you can even pull the example against Houston in Game Three. Um, he went out there and he it through four innings, let up five runs. Like, it's they pitched against the same team, and Sonny Gray wasn't necessarily a terrible outing. I mean, that one was pretty bad. He only made it through four innings. That was one of his worst of the year, even. But like, when he doesn't, when Pablo doesn't have a stuff, it can go poorly. When Pablo has his stuff, it's going to be a far better outing than Sonny Gray's at his best. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyways, I think
0: – I think uh, also, you know, Pablo Lopez, I think this is – San Diego is a great guy, and they're, they're nothing, you know. Um, but Pablo yeah. Lopez is also – I'm not saying this is, like, a lot of the reason we got him, but, like, another part of the reason that, like, really boosts his value, he's, like, a great, great guy. And I, I remember um, watching uh, – I was watching, you know, the rest of the Astros game. We ended up, of course, winning that game. I was watching the rest of the Astros game, and, you know, he was in the dugout talking um, to, like, an analyst about his game. And I have never seen a guy, like, the inning after just finishing, like, probably the greatest start of your entire career, for sure, to, up to that point. And then he just, like, he, I don't know, it was just, like, all of the decisions for the pitches and, like, different timing and, like, all of his spots. I just think he's just, like, he explains everything. He's really concise. He's really um, consistent. He's really honest and open about his pitching, so where it's like I actually understand it pretty well, and um, I don't know. I just love the way he plays the game, uh, but he's just such a super nice guy. And he again, I just like these
1: interviews that I've seen with him; just they really just blow me away. Yeah, he is an incredible interview, an incredible dugout presence. You'll see him even when, nowadays, he's not pitching. He's just on the front row of the dugout, like hyping guys up being everyone's number one cheerleader, like, you really couldn't ask for more in a leader than he gives you.
0: Yeah, so I think that's that's enough, uh, you know, worshiping Pablo Lopez. I mean, yeah, fair enough, but I think we've pretty much shown you uh, what Pablo Lopez did this year. Um, anyways, we won that game 3-1. Uh, to one. Uh, Varlin, Thielbar, Jax, Duran pitched the rest of the game. Duran with another great year. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, but then the Twins, so that's, again, that me and Malcolm are happy. We're saying... I, of course, I care if we win the next game, but I am happy right now. The Twins just won the first playoff game of our lifetime. Um, uh, You know, that's just insane. So, uh, but then the next day, um, the Twins shot out the Blue Jays behind a very strong Sonny Gray start. And then again, Barlin, Theobar, Stewart, Jax, Duran. I mean, that's pretty much he's been doing it for them all year. Um, those guys shut it down, and then they swept. They swept the Blue Jays uh, in a two-game wild card series, which is just like, oh my gosh, we were through the roof. Uh, then, let's see. The Twins uh, went to Houston for the next series. This was obviously obviously going to be tough. Uh, they lost the first game, uh, took the second game, got blown out in the third game, and then lost the fourth game. So they got they lost the series three to one, but. Um, again, that that first game um, they lost, but then the second game was that one where you know that was our third starter in the first game, but then they won that game. Game two, that was the one that Lopez started, and that was like, I mean, that was one where we were like, wow, the Twins could really win this thing, and then you know the Houston, you know, the Astros took the next uh, the next two too. So uh, um, I don't know. I mean, it was it was just a great run, uh, but it, you know, of course, the Astros. You know, Ashes, would they get eliminated in the in ALCS? You
1: know, they lost the ALCS then to the Rangers, but that was a tight competitive series. Took it to Game Seven, didn't they? I believe so. Because I
0: think Altuve won them the game before. Anyways, it was like six or seven games. It was a really close and very good series overall. Um, either way, uh, yeah, just a great. Great showing from the Twins this playoff. Um, these playoffs, again, just something that we've never seen in our lives. So it was kind of – I didn't really know how to attack it as a fan, as an analyst uh, of the game and, like, a stat head. I was like, oh, yeah, this and that and this and that. But, like, purely from, as a fan, I just didn't really know how to react. Um, not too many Twins fans around at college. Um, but those that there that were – you know, we were all pretty excited.
1: Yeah, I mean, even look at that Astros series, like – that's a team that's been to the AL- seven straight ALCS coming into that series. Like, they are undeniable in the ALDS. And, yeah, we lost three games to one. By no means was the series block. We've won a game, but also, I mean, that game four loss was three to two, and we had a couple close calls to scoring that run to win it. In game one, we lost four to six, but we, like, we were down 5-0 and then came back to five to four and, like, showed life. We didn't give up. And so, to me, there's, like, even a lot of positives in that series loss and that a team that – was the reigning champ? Had they won the year before? They'd won 2022, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were the reigning champs. They'd been the seven straight ALCSs. We came out, and we did not look scared of them. And we attacked, and we battled, and we made every game count outside of game three, which was a rough one. But we were in it constantly, and that, to me, shows a lot of guts and a really positive sign for the future of this team. Yeah, I mean, it was just... Gosh, I mean, the Astros are always inevitable. In, let's
0: see, 2020, they lost to the Dodgers, I want to say. 2021? No. Or, or, sorry, go ahead. They lost to the Rays in the SCS. That's right, that that's year. right, that's right. And then the Rays lost, yeah, okay. Then 2021, they lost to the Braves in the World Series. 2022, they beat the Phillies, right? That was the Phillies. Yes. Uh, yeah, the okay. and then last year, you know, obviously they um, – uh, to the eventual just, champion Rangers. Yeah, to the eventual champion Rangers. And that, again, took them to Game 7. They made it extremely close. And I feel like, in my opinion, that the championship, uh, you know, the World Series seemed very much like Rangers are taking this thing the whole way. Like, they just seemed like the better team the whole time. So it's like, I don't know, the, the Twins put up a really good fight, and I think they solidified themselves as, as a contender. Um, just, I've been, you know, listening, watching videos, listening to podcasts throughout the entire year, just reading articles throughout the Athletic or whatever it was. I think people really started to gain more um, interest, and there was more widespread viewing of, like, the Twins, and they are like, oh, wow, this really is looking good. And I think Royce Lewis solidified himself as a fan favorite, which we'll talk about pretty soon. Um, But, I mean, just guys like that cementing themselves as, like, really good Twins players and um, fan favorites. There were ups and downs to the season, but I think, like, going forward, I don't think you could – I, I just don't think there's any way you can feel better about, like, going forward. We feel really good. Of course, there's more to be done this offseason, but um, overall right now, I'm just you just feel really good about the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's not many organizations in a much better spot to compete now and in the future than the Twins are set up to do. I mean, you have an excess of young talent at the major league level, some good experience starting pitching, and a bullpen that looked really dominant for the better part of the last couple seasons. Um and to me, like that combination of factors, like plus having two consensus top thirty prospects in baseball and a number of other quality prospects, it's hard to not look forward with a ton of optimism as a Twins fan for me. Yeah. And uh, so so yeah, I mean that's I think i uh, good thing here would just to
0: be to recap, I think I'm going to recap the standings really quick in the MLB just because we didn't really discuss like how other teams did. And this will just be a really quick overview. Um, So in the NL, I'm going to start with the NL actually, the Braves took the East and that was, um, that was the, that was like one of the greatest offensive seasons by a team like in MLB history. Like that was, that team was so, so, so good. We went to Atlanta, you know, the Twins did not mean nothing, but the team went to Atlanta and and in, like, a three-game set. And I don't know if we got taken – I don't know if they took two out of three if they swept us, but, like, that – watching that team, oh, my gosh. They just hit homer after homer. It's like if Ozuna's not doing it, Riley's doing it. If Riley's not doing it, doing it. Acuna just won the MVP, like, nearly unanimously. It might have been unanimous. Um, one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen, like – I don't know, man. That team was so good. Then the Phillies finished in second uh, at 90 and 72, then the, followed by the Marlins, Mets, and Nationals. My opinion of the standout was that the, the Mets were in fourth again, and they had signed a lot of dudes. Edwin Diaz sure was injured. Everybody else just didn't play great. I don't know. Lindor, I thought, looked pretty good. I'll be honest, but um, I don't know. I just don't really get what that team's doing, and they – I don't know. They spend a lot of money, and then they just suck the next year. So uh, it seems like an inevitability. But um, I don't know. Uh, anyways, NL Central. Uh, I'm gonna go from five to one now. But the Cardinals finishing last that year, and that was that was a big surprise to like everybody. I mean, you no, know, I feel like Arenado sort of did his thing. He was like not great, but then like Goldschmidt wasn't like MVP level, but he was like he was still pretty good. It's just like their pitching was just. God, awful. Like, I mean, they're just such an old pitching team. And I don't know, man. It just didn't work out for them. Um, then the Pirates did a little bit better this year. Not Still not great. Uh, Reds uh, 82, at 82 and 80 were probably the most electric mid team I've ever seen. Um, I mean, they're two games above 500, and I think they show great potential. Uh, Spencer Steer, former twin, cr- traded him over. He looked really, really, really good. Um, he was just great all year. Uh, I think they also have Encarnacion strand from the Tyler malley trade uh and he's looked pretty good so far so um anyways Reds are and obviously Ellie de la Cruz was just like a really weird rookie season he had he was like monster in the first like month and then he just fell off but still pretty good uh, lots to look forward to there and then the Cubs barely missed out on the playoffs at 83 and 79 Brewers took the division at 22 games over 500 so they were pretty good and uh, at the West, the Rockies were the Rockies uh, going fifty nine and one hundred and three. They just I don't know what they're doing there. I mean, oh gosh, they're just so bad. like they they're terrible overall. And then they just make like terrible uh, like front office decisions. So I don't really know what the goal is there. Um, just like letting big guys walk, sign random contracts. It seems I just don't know what they're doing with their money. Um, Giants were under 500 this year after missing out on, you know, Carlos Correa, Aaron Judge, so uh, sucked for them. Potters barely over 500. That was, like, the disappointing team of the year. I think the Mets, like, sucked, of course, but I feel like there was always that feeling that they were going to. Uh, But, like, the Potters were, like, the star-studded team. That just didn't work out. And it was pretty much, like, their pitching. I know their offense wasn't great, but, like, they just have no bullpen, really. Anyways... Diamondbacks at 84 and 78, Dodgers at 162. Um, Diamondbacks made it to the World Series but didn't win it. Dodgers lost to the Diamondbacks. They got absolutely blown out in the ALDS, I want to say that was. uh, Yeah, I I think. Anyways, or maybe that was the ALCS or NLCS, whatever. Um, Diamondbacks made it to the World Series, though. Um, They had just a great postseason run, so. Yeah, I'm not gonna talk about
1: the National League. As a whole, the National League this year I thought was the better of the two leagues. There were more great teams, more spending, more superstars. Um, and now they're just gaining Shoey Otani. I think the twins at this point should be happy to be in the American League because I think they you know is certainly the more competitive at this point in baseball. But with that being said, the odds are that I look completely stupid and, and I, AL team wins the World Series and just the AL dominates this year because that's how baseball goes. Yeah, I, it's so unpredictable. You just never know. Um, but yeah, I mean
0: the the NL. I think I'll, I'll agree. I think the NL was just the better uh, the better league this year. I think the NL Central has always been the weakest of those three, or not always, but like for the past little while they've been the weakest of those. Um, the Brewers have always just somehow like brought up just random and just insanely good pitching. Um, was it? Uh, I was actually in Milwaukee for a game this year. I, I don't really go to that many parks, but I was in a, I was in Milwaukee for a Twins game, and what was Elvis Peguera? I think was who it was. He's this dude who's like, let's see, born nineteen ninety seven. So he's like twenty six. Um, he's like a rookie or maybe he's been there for like two years, but he dropped, he had like a three, ERA. He was like good, you know, just kind of settling into the league, but he throws like 101 with just like this nasty stuff. And I'd never heard of him up until now. Usually if a guy throws a hundred, I've heard of him if he's in the league, but like I had just never heard of this guy and then I saw him pitch raw and it was just like nasty. Anyways, then they've got, you know, lots of guys over there Davin Williams. They used to have, uh, Josh Hader. Um, so gosh, that bullpen is so good and that team is so good. Uh, Dodgers are always good, and do you think now is when we tell everybody what happened with the
1: Dodgers this off Yeah, let's get into a little bit about the Dodgers breaking the salary structure in baseball, basically. Yeah, so um, to
0: start off, the Dodgers um, signed Shohei Ohtani. Um, it was kind of something that the Dodgers had said, yeah, we're not good. we they didn't spend much last off season, and they were, you know, still won hundred games. My goodness. Um, but then some guys get injured. They're like, okay, we you got to sign like Otani or like big names, big names. Um, they signed Shohei Otani, best player in baseball, to a a ten year. I'm sorry, ten year, seven hundred million dollar contract. That's the largest contract in North American sports history. Seven hundred million dollars, Malcolm. That's seventy million dollars a year. We have. I mean, obviously, we've never seen anything like it because it's the biggest contract of all time, but. $700 million? Oh my gosh. And um, in my opinion, that's not even the craziest part. It's There's like a deferral in this contract that was actually Shohei's idea because you know he wants to win and the, the Dodgers want to win. Show is getting paid, and I'm not misreading or I'm not misspeaking, $2 million a year. Again, think $70 million a year. He's getting paid $2 million a year every single year of the contract. For all 10 years, he's getting paid – $20 million from now until the end of, you know, probably his career end of the, end of the contract at least. And then he's getting paid $68 million a year for the next 10 years. So he's getting 68 out of the $70 million per year deferred every single year, which is like, I mean, I don't even know. Like it's, it's, that's like, I am remember saying he's living paycheck to paycheck in LA, but he's not living. Of course, you know, brand deals and all that are going to make him super, super rich. I'm not saying he's starting with money, but like, I mean, to, the fact that you're paying Shohei Otani $2 million a year um, until the end of his contract is up, like, gosh, that just left so much room for
1: them to sign. Who else, Malcolm? They signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Um, or were you talking about Tyler Glasnow? Oh, I was were talking I was, about was talking, Joe I was, Kelly. <laughs> I was talking about Yamamoto, but I forgot that they signed Glasnow. Jesus. The Glasgow one is actually a trade and extended him, but they yeah, did yeah. go get Tyler Glasnow, the raised superstar starting pitcher, because he needs a pitching depth. And also, he went out and got the best free agent starting pitcher available in Yoshinobu Yamamoto, a Japanese pitcher. um, Just incredible stuff. Um, Kind of a small frame of simple motion, then just fastball jumps out of his hand. Got some gross off-speed piss off, and they went out and signed him to – $325 million deal. Was that for 12 years max or was it 10? Yeah.
0: It was, it was 12, because it was 325 over 12.
1: I remember it was like 27 a year, yeah. I think is what it was. Um and that is one of the largest deals, if not the largest deal for a player ever coming from overseas. Yeah, and is yeah. the richest deal for pitcher ever in baseball history. Mm-hmm. Which he was helped by the fact that he's only about 25 right now, was usually on starting pitches at the free agent market, like 27, 28. So he got some advantage out of that. But the Dodgers, the way they signed that Otani contract gave them the freedom to be able to sign Yamamoto this deal. And now they've got, I mean, not only do they have two of the most talented players in the world, they also have the support of the large majority of Japanese baseball fans will be tuning into and rooting for the Dodgers. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, Yoshinobu Yamamoto was uh, for
0: sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, the best uh, uh, pitcher in Japan um he won what is their Cy Young over I think was it the past like I don't know if he won it all three of the last three years but he I know he won the triple crown I think last like, this past year um but I think he won it all of the past like three years I don't even know what the stats were um but he won let's see he won I don't know he had like a one point over the past three years he had like a 1.5 year right here I have it right here sorry uh in twenty twenty three he had in twenty three games he went sixteen and six with a one point two one ERA. One point two one the year before, fifteen and five with one point six eight ERA, eighteen and five with a one point three three nine ERA. Then it was two point two oh, one point five nine, two point eight nine like this guy and you know that this is all like starting I don't know, you know. There was twenty games most of these years, but then he was also a reliever, I think, earlier. Like he, he had fifty four games in twenty eighteen. So like he well, after he converted to a starter, he four out of five seasons he had under a two ERA and he won the you know, triple crest, the pitching triple crown, their version of the Cy Young the past few years. I mean, this guy is the best that they've you know, best that they've got over here. And obviously it doesn't translate a hundred percent, you know. Guys are just you know, over here the guys are just bigger, faster, better, stronger, everything like that. But you know, it's still we've seen guys come from Japan and just be beasts, you know? So I, I think, yeah, going to be really good.
1: I mean, yeah, there's no question that, um, there's a di- level of difficulties harder in major league baseball than it is in the Japanese league. Um, but even with that said, I mean, we've seen lots of guys over and still be the top of game. And the greatest player in baseball right now was playing in Japan and in Japan. People said, I don't know if it's going to translate. And now he's, won back to back unanimous MVPs the first time in MLB history and is poised to win another with one of the best teams in baseball. So I mean, there's no question the Japanese players are ha- have the opportunity to be and often are dominant in the major leagues. And what Yamoto's done is nearly impressed in he's only the second ever player to win three straight Sawamura Awards, which is a Japanese pitcher award. Yeah. The equivalent of Cy Young. He's won three straight for the Orcs Buffaloes and just been a dominant, dominant pitcher, and I have no doubt that he will be elite, if not the best, in the MLB in the next five, six, seven, over the course of the next five, six, seven years. Yeah, I – gosh, I'm so excited for uh, to watch this dude. I haven't
0: I – I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched much of him. I mean, he pitched for Japan in the World Baseball Classic, which was – I was so happy with the World Baseball Classic. That was such a fun – such a so good for baseball. It was so fun to watch. But, again – now those teammates Yamamoto and um, Shohei Tani, who like pitched, they came out big and they were great in the, the World Baseball Classic. Now they're going to be uh, pitching on the same team. Oh my gosh! So there's some chemistry for you. But then also um, the they also signed Tyler Glasnow or trade traded for Tyler Glasnow. I'm sorry, um, they gave up Jesus. Uh, they gave up, like, two prospects. One of them was, like, the top five prospect of theirs, and the other was, like, a lower-level prospect, I want to say. Um, two, So two prospects for sure, but, of course, they're in win-now win mode. Um, they've already got a great system. So uh, they got Glasnow, and I think they got Margot as well. Uh, Manuel Margot, yes, if you did. want to pull up that. Yeah, but anyways, then they signed Glasnow to a five-year, uh, let's see, it's $136,562,500 contract if you want to tell me why that is you can i don't know it's like 27 in a year so that's the extension that they just gave Glass now so now they've got otani who's making 70 million a year again two million a year now which is just a massive hit but that fact that they sign him for you know what's now two million a year that allowed them to sign Glasner to this extension. Now he's getting paid twenty seven a year. Yamamoto's getting paid twenty seven a year. They've also got Bueller. They've got Kershaw. They don't have a Reyes anymore. I don't know if he's coming back or not or what the situation on that is. It I don't doesn't know. feel like he's going to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they've pretty much figured him as a non-factor. Um, but then they've got Bobby Miller, who's like I mean, obviously he's got so much potential.
1: Um, like Sheehan. I don't know who else they have really on that team. I'm gonna be honest, but and then also, I mean, Kershaw's not back right now, but. I mean, they seem to be odds-on favorite to resign Clayton Kershaw as they mm-hmm. have been the last few years just going year to year with him. I can't see him pitching any other uniforms, so I'd be shocked if he didn't end up a dodger at mm-hmm. the end of the off season. Yeah, and I think it's something else
0: to to note that in twenty twenty three, um, Kershaw had I think one of the more underrated uh seasons of of the of the year. I mean, he had a he pitched in let's see here. Uh, 24 games. So he he only pitched 131 innings because of injury. He was out for a decent amount of the year, but he had he went 13 and five with a uh let's see a 2.46 ERA and a WHIP at 1.063. At 35 years of age, um he had a 3.7 WAR, which is baseball reference wise, uh which is higher than guys like Gosman, um Lopez for sure. I think maybe Garrett Cole is probably right around there, probably a little bit higher. But I mean, dude, he had a mo- Kershaw had a monster season, except for the fact that he got injured. His injuries have been playing him recently, unfortunately. Um, so, but he's still. I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna be the guy he he was once before, but uh, you know, future Hall of Famer. I just like my goodness, he's still he's still got it. So, um, that kind of a team with him again that he that playoff experience hasn't made good in the playoffs, but he's got playoff experience, and then you've got Bobby Miller, who's. Uh, a youngster who put together a great season, throws a hundred miles an hour with it. just nasty off-speed. Um, and then that great bullpen that they've got, uh, I just the Dodgers, oh gosh. So that, that's kind of the big news of the off-season so far, but the Dodgers are going to be good again, as they usually are.
1: Yeah, and I just want to look at that Dodgers, just on the impact it has on the Twins and the rest of baseball. Because this Otani contract's is impressed in both its dollar value, but also its structure, and – Lays out an interesting idea that, that's sort of been building for few years now. Bryce Harper, I, he initially was going to sign a 10 year deal with the Phillies. and ended up adding three years on the end of that, basically to make it so the money per year was a little bit less. He's going to get paid the same amount in total, but spread out a little more. And Otani did a similar thing, but instead of taking more years on, he literally deferred the money. And it's a new developing concept in baseball to work around the new luxury tax, which was added relatively recently to make limit teams' payroll spending, and it allows them to spend more money and purchase more free agents without facing the consequences baseball is trying to put in place to stop them from doing that, which in the long run will likely mean more of the top free agents go to the top teams which, and the biggest market teams. So the bad thing is it certainly would hurt the Twins. But at the same time, the Twins also have the opportunity to do these same things. They can also defer money to allow them when they are in a competitive window to spend more money and make more of these signings that in the past, they wouldn't have been able to sign as many top tier players. When career's under contract, previous twins teams would have used that as an excuse to not spend and not go out and get other players. But if we can defer the money, if players are willing to or open to deferring the money, it would allow us to be, spend more in the midst of a competitive window, even if it meant paying the penalty down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I,
0: gosh, man, just seeing this team uh, do what they've done. I, the, you know, we saw the Dodgers were saying, you know, we're gonna sign, um, you know, we're just not spending as much this offseason. We're gonna try to get like an Otani level guy next year, or like you know, Yamamoto or just whoever else is hitting the free agent market, and they did exactly that. Again, it took so much money. I heard the other team to offer like the same amount was like I think the Blue Jays offered like the same amount, or maybe it was the.
1: Well, was the Giants, them. I
0: know, offered basically the same contract. Was. That was what it was. The, I know the Blue Jays, because I knew one of them didn't offer as much. So the Blue Jays didn't offer as much. The Giants offered like the same, but um, I mean, you know, it was the Dodgers, and I guess he wanted to play there. Uh, anyways, uh, then let's go to the American League, um,
1: unless you have other comments about the National League, uh, Malcolm. Uh, that's what's so up to me. Let's get back to where the Twins play yeah. and some of our competition yeah. for this coming season. Amen. Uh, so in the West, uh, the Athletics with. Wow,
0: wow, 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 wow. Pa, just step back. I mean, the Athletics were 50 and 112, and somehow I feel like the fact that they were 50 and 112 just wasn't the worst part of it. I mean, that team, like their ownership, the, the front office, I just don't know what they're doing, man. I don't. I'll never understand it. I mean, that team was terrible. They just, uh, their, their prospects haven't been working out. I mean, let's see, Shay Lang, Leers, They had uh, Patchy, I think is what his last name is. I think he's on the Braves now. Or maybe he got traded from the Braves to the Athletics, but he was like a really high prospect. And he didn't work out. Um, I think they've got like Tyler Soderstrom or whoever. Zach Geloff. Brent Rooker was a beast for them. Former twin Brent Rooker. Shout out there. But, I mean, that team. And they have just no pitching. Trevor May is like their most trusted. And most used bullpen arm, and he had like a five-year, right? which no offense, love Trevor, but Trevor May, by the way, really good guy. Um, and I loved him on the Twins, but like, oh my gosh, the team sucks. Um, and I think they're moving from the the thing is I think they're moving from Oakland to like Las Vegas or, or something, but like they're moving in like t- two or three years, and they don't have a stadium for another like five. So I think they're playing in a minor league stadium for a couple years too, which. As an MLB player, is kind of just demeaning, I feel like. So, that team, I don't know what they're doing. Um, but then... It's disaster. It's, it's terrible. Um, and then you've got the Angels in fourth. Another team. Wow, what the hell are you doing? I mean, uh, I just don't know where to... Stand. And then they just lost Otani too. I just feel bad for a guy like Mike Trout. He's He's been injured a lot recently. He hasn't performed quite to what we know he can do. Um, but, I mean, that team is just terrible all, all around. Uh, Mariners then, because this is a, still a pretty good division. You know, the Mariners went eighty-eight and seventy-four, which is just a ma- massive jump. That's fifteen games better than the Angels. Then the Rangers and Astros were tied for first um, at ninety and seventy-two. And again, Astros ended up losing to the Rangers in the ALCS, who ended up winning against the Diamondbacks in the World Series. So that was, in the long run, that ended up being the best division. Even though I guess record-wise, maybe there were other be- better divisions. Like, for example, the AL East. Uh, Red Sox finished at 78 and 84. That put them in last place. That would have put them in like second, tied for second with uh, the Tigers uh, in the AL Central. So they, I also don't really get what they're doing. I mean, I, I think I understand it, and they've got some good players, um, but I just don't like the moves that they've made in the past few years. Ever since they won the World Series, it just hasn't made much sense. Um, they just traded Verdugo away too, which I. That trade was interesting. I don't. I haven't really looked into it because I just don't like Alex Verdugo. But um, anyways, team they traded him to, Yankees, 82 and 80, which not terrible, but considering it's the Yankees, uh, me and Malcolm were pretty happy with that result. The Yankees missed out on the playoffs, which you don't see that much. Um, after, after the amount that they spent, I mean, it was just so good to see the Yankees in the sun on the plastic. Oh, I love seeing like Yankees fans just crumble and just like shout at each other. And at um, at the front office about how much they hate them. And then uh, had, they done much this soft season
1: besides Verdugo, they, the Yankees, yeah. Yeah, I remember how they traded for our top five players oh, in baseball. Oh, yeah, 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 One And of, one set one Max is trying to block a traumatic moment from this winter out of his that mind. Really, and I admire him for that. I, I do. Because, I, I mean, apologize. that was – it's so sad to me that the Yankees went out and got such a joyful player like Juan Soto, who's one of my favorite players to watch in baseball. And him going to the Yankees is just sad because now I have to hate him for the rest of his career. And he'll likely be a Yankee for the rest of the career. They signed an extension. Am I imagining that? Um, you or was you it are. just speculation no, they might. They, they,
0: they were they might is is what is what you think. Because I okay. know I know that's the big thing is if they don't sign him to the the contract or to like an extension, he's only there for this year, um, which would make it a lot less worth it. But I think he might end up signing it. I feel like the other day I
1: yeah, the other day I had a dream that I dropped the one Soto trade it made me very happy. Whoa. Like I, in my dream, I had imagined that that happened, and so it hadn't happened, but it did really happen, and we have to accept it and move on with our lives, but I hate that the Yankees have one of my favorite players to watch, and I don't want to root against Juan Soto, but unfortunately, that is the way of the world. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's about, I'm rooting for Juan Soto, I'm just
0: rooting against the team he plays for, so Juan Soto, I love you, man, but it is going to be hard to see that dude in pinstripes. Oh my god, can you imagine? Like that's it's a This is just me from a personality wise and from like a pure player wise. This is to me kind of similar to like Anthony Rizzo when he was when he went to the Yankees. Um, he was also, you know, I think he was traded because uh, I feel like he wouldn't be the type of guy to just sign with him. But um, he ended up re-signing with them. Yeah, the he did. He weeks. did re-sign with them. Yeah, he you know he liked him. But um, yeah, Rizzo in pinstripes just because of how good of a guy he is, and he came from that Cubs scene that I just adore. That was tough, but I mean, seeing a guy like so, oh my gosh. uh, But that trade was, uh, that trade, I think they also got Trent Grisham. So I, it's not like I forget the trade, it's just I try to forget it. So they also got uh, Trent Grisham, I forgot who the Yankees sent over. I think it was Michael King, and that's all. That's all
1: that I remember. I think Michael Higashi. King and some prospects.
0: Yeah, like Higashi. Okay. That-
1: Sorry. I don't know. I've heard people saying the return is really good, but for me, the return seemed underwhelming for a player of Soto's caliber, especially if they are able to sign the extension. I think the Yankees got a really good deal, and I don't really understand the Padres' decision to trade away Soto. I mean, they're trying to save money. They went all in this past year and didn't work out. But it seems like you're already all in. you got to just kind of go for it. Yeah. But if you're going to trade away one of those guys, why is Soto the one that's cheaper and younger the one you're going to be trying to get rid of right now? Yeah, it's really weird. They
0: said they were trying to cut payroll. But I don't know. I mean, like, you know, Blake Snell is off the books. Now he's a free agent, right? Yeah, he's a free agent, I think. Um, But they've, you know, they still got an okay rotation, you know, Darvish, Musgrove, guys like that. Um, Bullpen is terrible, but I feel like with a few additions to their bullpen, they could be a playoff team for sure. And they've got, they've got, their offense has just been, I mean, it wasn't as good last year, but they've got a great offense. Hasan Kim was just insanely good. Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. But again, like getting rid of a 25-year-old Juan Soto, it's not like you're getting rid of like a like Trent Grisham. I get. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but I think he's like 27 or 28 or 29 or something. I mean, he's he's been around a little bit more, and he obviously he's not Juan Soto, but I mean Juan Soto just had another monster. He played every single game, and um, he walked an unbelievable amount, and he had an OPS at right at 930. So, I mean, I don't know. It's pretty much, you know, he had more walks than strikes. It's pretty much the one sort that you usually see. He was an all-star silver slugger, sixth in the MVP. Um, It's not like he was – I think people thought that he was just, like, not quite as good as he was because he actually had a worse OPS in his career. Yes, but he still put up almost six war. So, uh I don't know. And yeah, I I I'm gonna agree with you there. I think, <coughs> uh, I think that for the Potters, they should have gotten more, especially because they also gave up Trent Grisham, uh, Michael King, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, Drew Thorpe, Kavagashioka. Like, I mean, those guys are there's some there's some pretty good names in there. I'll admit it, but like, if you're getting if you're giving up a guy like Juan Soto, uh, you gotta get a lot more than that. Um. To be fair, it was one year of him. Um, so, in my opinion, it won't be worth it for the Yankees if, uh, if they don't re-sign him. Because even if he does put up a great year, I mean, they, they did give up a lot to get him. So, anyways, that's what happened with Juan Soto and the Yankees. Uh, but that sucks. Uh, but the Yankees did suck, so that's that was the, that was, that was the good news. Anyways, Blue Jays at 89-73 to 73 snuck into a wild card spot. Ended up losing, getting swept by the Twinkies and then um the Tampa Bay fish at 99 and 63 the rays uh ended up losing in the wild card round to the rangers is what they did uh so bummer for the rays first round exit after the uh, wasn't the greatest start of all time I don't think but it was like one of the greatest starts of all time like were, like 23 and 0 or something They had you know a weaker schedule but 23 and 0 was what they were and then um, they ended up getting surpassed by the Baltimore Orioles, who lost in the first round. Uh, to... Was it the Rangers or was that the Astros that they lost? Are they lost to the uh,
1: they lost uh, to the ALDS. Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. they get a bye uh, to the ALDS and they lost the Rangers yeah, there? That's what it was. Because it was
0: yeah, that's how it works. Is the the winner of the, the wild card went and faced them, and yeah, the Rangers just destroyed them too. Like it it wasn't very wasn't very close, but the Orioles had a great season. They made a bunch of steps forward. They had, like, these these guys um, and the pitching staff, like, just doing insane. Like, Kyle Braddock had a great year. Um, Yanger Cano, former twin, was, like, probably, besides, you know, Felix Bautista, who won reliever of the year, was probably, you know, he was their best reliever. So um, that team's got a lot of upside. They've got a lot of young dudes. They've still got Sansa there, who's still a beast. They've got Rutchman. They've got Gunnar Henderson now. They've got uh, Jackson Holiday coming up, um, probably maybe not next year, but um, one of these next few years, and uh, so that's that's a pretty good division there. And then the AL Central saw the Royals and that 56 and 106. I just they've been in like a rebuild for so long. I don't really get what's what's been going on. I, mean, I don't know. I thought they'd be better than 56 and 106. Uh, I think they'll be better for sure this year than they were. They've they actually signed a couple guys, Michael Walker um, some other dude, but uh, I forgot. Anyways, uh, teams that team's not good. The White Sox, wow, I think I honestly there's a world that I and I wouldn't be crazy crazy surprised where the Royals finish better than the White Sox next year. Um, they were five games better than this year, and I just don't know, man. I mean, Robert put up a good year. Uh, Andrew Vaughn put up a pretty solid year, I think. Uh, Cease actually put up an okay year by the end of it, like. I don't know, man. Uh, a lot of their players did play well, but you know they did have a lot of underperforming players. They had some injuries, but they just—I don't think they're that good of a team. Their pitching isn't that good. Their bullpen isn't great. Their lineup isn't very good. I just don't—I think that team is just not that good. And they were managed under, under La Russa for a while, which didn't help them. But like they just didn't do that good while they were managed under this new under their. New Coach Iverson. I don't think the White Sox are very good. I don't think they're gonna be anywhere near a contender this year. Twenty-six games back of the Twins this year. Um, but the Guardians, uh, somehow finished in third. Everybody thought that they it was gonna be like Guardians or Twins. A lot of people. I'm gonna be honest. A lot of people, not us, but a lot of people. Um. Uh, you can for sure confirm you've seen like guys on Twitter and just overall around the league saying the Guardians were going to finish ahead of the Twins and win the Central um, yeah not even close buddy uh, 76 and 86 for your Cleveland Guardians um, I don't know man that team I don't think they're going to be that good either this year I don't really get it man I, like I don't know what they're doing uh, I feel like didn't they make a couple didn't they like trade away a couple guys even or something over the last season I don't know they signed Josh Bell, I guess, but like he didn't do great. I don't know what they've got this year. Yeah, uh, that team's just not. I don't think that team's that good. I their pitching is old, way overrated. Tristan McKenzie, I'll give it to him. I really like Tristan McKenzie, and he's a beast. Shane Bieber, I think they still got. They've still got an okay rotation. They've got that guy who's a rookie this season. Um, he was like top five rookie of the year uh they've got some other pieces they've got a pretty good bullpen but class a, in the past years before last year we saw like his k rate was down his walk rate was up he just was giving up harder contact and then last year class a considering he's a reliever he just did not have that good of a year i mean he had a three two two year it's fine but he went like i don't know man he just was not the class a that people are used to him being you know usually he's putting up like He's you know he's 25. He's gonna get better and better, but you know people are used to him putting up that 1.5 ERA, and he just wasn't even close to that. So um, tough year for him and tough year for the Guardians overall. They just sucked, man. They they didn't look good at all. I don't. I think they'll be better maybe, but I don't see why they would be better. If that makes sense, I feel like they should be, but I don't see where they're like. Even if like guys like Bo Naylor develop, like where are they getting that much better? Even Oscar Gonzalez, like who's gonna develop that much to where they're a playoff team. But by any means, uh, the Tigers actually finished in second at only 6 games under 500, so they had a much better year um, than they have been having, you know. Uh, that I I don't know, man. That's uh that Tigers team is kind of they're kind of sneaky. Uh, they've got let's see they Oh my gosh, do they even have Uh, I've been thinking of all these different teams. Uh, they've got Torkelson, they've got Green, I think they still have Badoo, um, they've got guys like Mize, and, uh, I always get, like, Singer and Bubich confused, but I know they're on the Royals. Um, I guess Miggy is gone, or whatever, but, um, I'm trying to even think of who they have. Anyways, they've got a young up-and-coming team, let's just say that. Uh, Tigers were Okay. Uh, last year they were under 500, but uh, you know, a lot of people are saying they could be a little bit better this year. I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but uh, they could be a little bit closer to 500 this year. Uh, maybe even reach 500. I could see it. Um, but then the twins, your, are, everybody's, my Minnesota twins, um, finished there. You know, it's not just because they're in a bad division, not just because they're in a bad division. Twins finished at 87 and 75. Um, you know, the division does suck. We're the only team above 500, but we were also, you know, if we were 79 and 83, we would have made it. That would have been weird. But, like, we, you know, we were 12 games above 500. I mean, come on. We were, uh, we were, we were a very good team. Uh, you know, 87 and 75, like, we were pretty much as good as, like, the Blue Jays, about the Mariners level, um, better than the Marlins. Uh, and, you know, only a few games back of teams like the Phillies. Um, better than that, we, we had a better record this year than the Diamondbacks. I mean, come on, like, teams like that, it's we had a real good year. So, uh, yeah, the Twins finished at 87 to 75, by far won the division by you know nine games. So, it was kind of nice those last you know few weeks, really chill for the Twins. Um, who just didn't have to do much except for you know, we tried out some new guys, we rested some guys, just felt really good to kind of not have it go down to the wire at the end of the year. Um, you can kind of sit back and relax and just prepare for the first couple games, which we won. So, yeah, that's
1: the recap yeah. of the
0: NL and the AL.
1: I mean, I'm not going to lie. The Twins being the AL Central was certainly a huge advantage for them. That was the weakest division in all of baseball overall, and they benefited from that. They were able to line up their pitchers the playoffs, but they also had their plus-116 run differential. was the seventh-best in all of baseball, and it was very close to Baltimore Fish just ahead of them and had the best record in all of baseball. They were just... And they never were in doubt as the champions of the AL Central. It was from start to finish. I mean, there were some moments like May where maybe you're questioning it, but as soon as the summer started, it was very clear who the best team the AL Central was. And we ran away with it. We also performed a lot of the division. For the first time in a long time, the Twins took a season series from the Yankees. We took a season series from the Astros. I remember we took a couple from the Orioles in Baltimore this year. Like We went out and we won games – against very good teams we weren't just feasting off the L-Central. Honestly, I think that's the thing. I would, If we're trying to get a better record next year, if that's the goal, the biggest thing I want to improve is take better advantage of the bad teams in the L-Central. We didn't dominate the Royals. We didn't dominate the Tigers in the way that we should. And that's the biggest issue for me. And, like, we could have been 10 wins better than we were if we just done better at taking care of the games we needed to win. Yeah, I, I know. I agree. Uh, we did for some reason. They were just, like, I
0: feel like the Royals to me are the pestiest team to play because they've got like, they're always like always have been. They always yeah they always have. I'm I hated 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 when we would play the Royals like when they won the World Series and like Alcides Escobar would steal like three bases a game, um and then like you know a few years for a while there they had Billy Hamilton and now like they've just got such a fast team every year they'll steal bags on you know, they'll make you do the basics and um. They suck, but like they, you know, it's teams like those and the Tigers and the White Sox that you've got to beat, and we beat the White Sox, I think, pretty well. And the others, you know, we did opposed, do against White Sox, which was great because I, that's my least, that's the least favorite team in the division for me, for you know, for sure. Um, so overall, man, it was just, I don't know, that we we didn't. There were times we should have cleaned up against uh those worst teams, but, but yeah, I don't know. Still a very good year. Um, and the guy I was forgetting on the Tigers um, that I was like trying to think of the whole time was Kenta Maeda. They just signed Kenta Maeda, which is another, you know, tw- little twins news there. Uh, so the Kenta Maeda is not with the twins anymore. He pitched with the twins um, since we last made an episode, I, I'm guessing, you know, for sure. Or yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. It was, it was kind of tough. Uh, he, he, did, he did well this year, but he, then he got signed with the Tigers there. And it was something where I didn't. For what they gave, him, I don't think we were going to be able to do
1: that. So, um, so yeah, I don't. Episode of Bomba Breakdown. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Rural switch podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Bamba underscore Bomba underscore Breakdown. That's B O M B A underscore B R E A K D O W N. Thanks for listening, to Bomba Breakdown.